Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive. Hi, and welcome back to the Money Advantage Podcast. We're your hosts, Rachel Marshall and Bruce Weiner. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning, Rachel. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm really excited to be discussing this article today. We are going to be talking about an article from The Emotion Machine titled Irrational Change. You can't reason your way out of something you didn't reason into. And this was written by someone named Stephen Handel. Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. It was a great article and had a lot of insight. And so we're going to talk about this in terms of change and why change is hard sometimes and how we can go about it differently than maybe we normally would think. Yeah, obviously, Rachel, this is, um, I like the, it says it's from the emotion machine, psychology plus self-improvement in the 21st century. I mean, it seems like that's at the top of everybody's mind nowadays. Uh, we have so many uh, self-improvement coaches. Um, companies are now realizing that uh, they cannot just dictate to employees about how um how they're going to live their lives as far as, you know, work and you hear about work-life balance and which we've discussed before and, and everybody's looking in, into self-improvement, which I think is a wonderful thing. But that then brings a question about, well, how do you improve yourself? You, and Absolutely. yeah, what, what the article is basically saying is that um, you can't just improve yourself be, by saying you want to improve yourself. Because things that you're looking at um, can be both rational and irrational. And in irrational change, you can't reason your way out of something that you didn't reason your way into. And so as we continue to, to discuss this, I'd like for our listeners to think about everyday examples that, that they have that they're not aware of, of why do you think this particular way? And did you think this particular way because somebody told you told you that's the best way to do something, or did you, did you really rational uh, take a rational approach to understanding and educate yourself on that particular thing, or did you just take it as fact? And now, if you're kind of trying to change it, you're actually trying to change something in your brain that um, wasn't that, that didn't uh, start it because of a rational belief. Right. And I think it's just, it's fascinating anytime we talk about change at all. I think even for a quick start like me who does like to move quickly and I get an idea and I, I take off running with it, change is hard for us as a human species. I think we could say that that's a common denominator, common factor among all of us. And I think a lot of times, even if we want to change, we maybe think, hey, there would be a different way that I could manage my money better, or I could have a different financial mindset, or I could have a different mindset about my relationships, or I could change the way I talk in relationships, or I could change the way I think about myself. Anything that you ultimately want to change, it can be counteracted by this um, this mindset or this idea that really we kind of do want to have sameness or familiarity and have that safe constant around us. And so when we do want to figure out how do we apply the growth mindset, how do we say, I'm going to be a continually improving human being, how do we then actually make that change, even when we feel maybe powerless to make that change, or we know what to do, but we don't feel like we know how to be able to bridge into that new space. Yeah. 
So today's conversation. Well, oh, I'm just ahead. thinking that uh, as our listeners are, uh, I'm challenging them to think about something in their lives. Um, how many times have you looked at a situation and say, how could those people think they could get away with it like that? Or how could those people ever have thought they should be doing it that way? So we put our rational thoughts into other people who have not made that decision based on rational behavior. They've made it on based upon irrational behavior. So, or emotion, right. or just being conditioning, or uh, it's just normal to you because of your environment, or your possibly even your personality type, and just your your makeup and how you approach life. It's not usually something that they consciously right. chose exactly. to respond to. It. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, today, we're going to talk about how to think differently about change so that you can grow and become better and build the life and business that you love. So where does this fit in the big picture? We are always talking about the cash flow system, which is really this, the big picture of moving from where you are to accomplishing and achieving time and money freedom. And so first in the foundation level, we're keeping and being more efficient with the money that we make. And then we're protecting that. And then we're getting our money to work for us and increasing and multiplying that. And so really your mindset is a huge part of your financial life. It's a huge part of your foundation of anything that you do. And you really need that right mindset to be able to accomplish building that life that you love, building a business that really works for you and really be able to be in a place of loving your life and building time and money freedom. So uh, let's dive into the article. And Bruce, you kind of already kicked us off with that and hit the nail on the head that it's really about our minds being irrational and how we approach change. Often we try to rationally change and say, okay, well, logically the right thing to do here is ABC. So therefore I'm just going to make this change. But we came to our initial conclusion um, irrationally. Yeah. I'm, and I'm not going to claim, uh, many of our listeners may have, have heard that I'm actually um, a biology major uh, uh, and I've taught biology for years and I'm not I'm not going to pretend on that I'm a, a psychologist or even a neurobiologist but I do know enough that our brain is actually um, in simplistic uh, ways is just like a computer and so we actually have chemical reactions that go on that actually cause electrical impulses and because of what's called flight and fl uh, fight or flight response uh, there are certain uh, pathways in our brain, that actually are shorter than um, in, a, in a negative situation to help us in this fight or flight response. And if we can then look at these to actually rationally or think about it, this is that a lot of our behavior is based upon fight or flight response. So we are trying to do things um, rationally, but we have some irrational fears, but, mainly because of this fight or flight response. So cognitive behavior theory is one of the popular forms yeah. of therapy yeah. to help people change. Yeah, cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, yeah. Or therapy, yeah, therapy excuse me, is a, is a popular form of therapy to help people with a wide uh, range, and they, they say a wide range of like mental disorders and mental conditions. I would say what we're talking about today is mental conditions, not a disorder. Right. Just being able to identify faulty logic, reframe negative beliefs, learn to better accept how thoughts are, are powerful tools for changing. And uh, 
there was a, you're, you're probably too young to remember this, but there was a skit on Saturday Night Live with some of our listeners might remember with uh, a character called Stuart Smalley, and he always did positive affirmations. Oh, okay. And yes, and he would say, I'm good enough and I deserve it, basically. I don't remember the exact, <laughs> and he just, it was, it, he was like a caricature of himself, but there is actually, there's actually um, research that done that, that you can reframe the brain to make this uh, actually change the way your thought pattern is. Um, and I think what this just comes down to is what we were talking about earlier, self-improvement. If you invest in yourself, if you start doing things that actually can change the pathways, and, and it just comes down to investing yourself so that you change this. But as the article says, there's limitations to cognitive behavioral therapy. And it's ultimately, ultimately a rational approach to self-change in our minds, but our minds are not always very rational. Right. And I really like how they talked about in the article that there's powerful tools that can communicate with our minds that are bigger or more encompassing than just logic and rationality. And so it talks about different um, things where we can use imagination, creativity, and symbols or rituals that can be very transformational in affecting that change. And it was interesting. I think I, I do want to go ahead and go through their list. And then I want to talk about maybe how we have seen using imagination and creativity and symbols and rituals as opposed to just logic in order to make change. But their list we can um, cover real quickly here. They, um, they talked about using small rituals like um, kissing a necklace or um, wearing a lucky shirt. Uh, and we'll have the link to the article in the podcast show notes as well. So you'll be able to read that. They talk about using symbolism and how in religious and cultural backgrounds, there's a lot of artwork or symbols that do resonate with someone and, and can help affect change. They also talked about burning negative beliefs or that um, writing down your thought processes or something that you want to get rid of and then physically burning it with fire and how that is something that in Greek mythology, the phoenix gets reborn when it rises from the ashes. It's this um, visceral response that you have and really seeing the burning or consuming of your negative beliefs. They talk about hypnosis and visualization and making your own placebos having a mind garden meditation. So there's a lot of ways that they talk about affecting true change outside of just saying, well, here's the right thing to do. And I'm going to make the physical change because honestly, our habits that we have about financial mindsets or our habits in the way that we handle life and our experiences really are what govern what we are. I mean, that that's what happens in your brain when you do something over and over, it wires and shortens that that pathway and creates a habit. And so changing a habit or a process of thinking takes a lot more work than just mental will force and, yeah, and mental willpower. Yeah. 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 One of these things, I think uh, an example that we see all the time is investing in um, a 401k at your, at your work or an IRA people People have said to us, or clients have said to us, Rachel, that, you know, I really feel like I shouldn't be doing this, but I just keep maxing it out every year. And they really don't even know why they're doing it. So that, that they didn't get into it rationally. They got it into, they got into it because of an emotion or irrational thing 
uh, because they didn't know anything else to do. So then when you tell them, well, look at this, look at the statistics of the actual rate of return, the actual taxes you're going to pay in the future, the actual fees you're paying on this, so on and so forth. Well, that's that's a way to rationally try to um, change what they didn't even rationally get into. And, right. and they have a very difficult time with this. So then one of the ways that I try to help people, because intuitively they want to get out of it or maybe do something differently. I say, okay, if you're maxing it out, why don't we just take 20% of it or 25% of it and do something else with it? So this that's the uh, practice of small change, small rituals. Let's just take a little bit and let's just carve it off a little bit. See how you feel about it and see how your brain reacts to it. Um, so that's one kind of real life example. I use a, a small ritual before I make a difficult phone call. We all have in business, we all have difficult phone calls that we have to make. And my, my way to try, to try to shift my brain is I simply count to five. I simply say one, two, three, four, five. And when I get to five, I know I've promised myself that I'm going to make that phone call. Mm. If I don't, I just keep putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. That's just kind of a one little ritual that, that I use. Um, I think placebo effects are a really, really good thing to just to point out to people. Um, I point that out to people all the time uh, when, I, when I ask them if they understand how a placebo effect works and they say yes. And I say, you know, really with a placebo, it really, it really is not rationally working in your body, but you are rationally believing that it's working in your body. So that's just mm -hmm. as good as it working in your body. So you can make a change if you, uh, if you believe in the placebo effect in your mind. It's not actually working, but your mind's believing that it's working. And, and so you make Yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's interesting because I think um, this can be also setting up a reward system for yourself in your mind. And I think something that comes to mind with this for me is that a lot of times people have been, we've seen this over and over again, that we want to have those little wins. We want to have something that we get this emotional rush or some type of gratification after we accomplish it. And sometimes that can come from doing something that we know financially might not be the best move. Like maybe it's, oh, I paid off this debt. And so now I feel like I have accomplished something and now I've, I've moved forward on my financial goals. But we know, again, this is kind of the, the thing that through logic we can understand, well, if we just pay off our, our loans, that doesn't necessarily mean we're any closer to financial freedom or having that income coming from our assets, that cash flow that's really setting us into a position where we're not just trading time for money. And it's not necessarily helping us get closer to that. It might be a step in the process. And it might not be depending on your stewardship and depending on your whole financial picture. But instead of having that, we, I guess we need to recognize that that rush comes from accomplishing something. And if we turn that into a goal, a positive goal, and we then celebrate those small wins, that is going to help us along that path. It's, it's not changing our behavior. I love how uh, Mike Michalowicz talked about this in Profit First and on the interview that he had here on the money advantage, we have this need to have that gratification. We have this need to feel like we're winning. And so if we can shift what our wins are, maybe the win is having a thousand dollars in savings, or maybe it's having a thousand dollars per month go into savings, or maybe it's go having 10,000 a month go into savings, 
or maybe it's buying that first rental property, or maybe it's getting the first thousand dollars of cash flow from a property. But really, it's looking at what can you make that are small incremental wins, and then how can you make sure that you celebrate that? Because if you know it's a goal on your journey to building time and money freedom, then it's something that if you can celebrate the little things along the way, even if you haven't fully arrived yet, it's really important to stop and celebrate. Yeah. And uh, in the article, it says uh, that all these are powerful examples of what uh, he, the, the, the writer would call irrational change. They go beyond the rational approach of talk therapy models like cognitive behavioral therapy and allow you to play with your mind at a much deeper and transformational level. And I think when you can, and we've talked a little bit about this, uh, we all think you have to think to perform every day. But if you can think about your thinking, that's when change comes. So if you can think about why am I thinking of thinking this way? And I, I, you've seen this in meetings. I, I tell people all the time, you should be thinking right now, why is Bruce telling me this? What's in it for him? What's in it for the money advantage? You know, why are they doing this? Yes, we're trying to add value, but also we're a business. So we have to add value to the point where you're willing to actually exchange something with us, either money or some other form of exchange. So you need to think about your thinking. So think of your mind as a mental playground. Continuously think, why am I thinking about this? Now, if you're like me, I do this all the time and I can't sleep because I'm always I'm always thinking, <laughs> but a big part of the irrational change approach to to uh, is to experiment, uh, play pretend, think about it in your mind, visualize it. You've heard about visualizing all the time, and not take yourself self too seriously. I mean, I hope I don't take myself too seriously on this podcast. You know, we're we're constantly you know poking fun at ourselves. You know, uh, heck, I have to. There are times, and and I we preach this all the time. There are times when I'm writing out my mortgage check, I'm thinking, oh, well, I, I should just write, I should just add $40 to round it up. It'd be a lot easier on the check, you know, and then I'm thinking, oh, no, I want to control that money. But I'm, I, I'm fighting it myself. <laughs> I mean, and if I'm uh -huh. preaching this every day and I'm rationally understanding this, I can tell, I, I know people get caught in irrational thoughts about it. So if you get to where you're skeptical or critical with these types of exercises, because I can see people, uh, you know, listening and think, well, I'm never going to burn some. I'm never going to write something down and then burn it. Then you really miss the point. OK, because all we're saying is you want to diminish the potential benefits you can get from this type of approach or not or don't diminish the, the potential benefits that you can get from this. And just try it, you know, just yeah. play with it and see if you yeah. can if you get something out of it. Um, because you'll be amazed at what yeah. you can get out of it. And what do you have to lose? You, you burn a piece of paper, okay? Or, or you count one, two, three, right. four, five before you make that telephone call. I mean, just play with it and have some fun with it. And I love that you're talking about playing with your mind and playing with the experience because if you're forcing yourself to do something that you really don't want to do, you're going to have all this internal resistance and this cognitive dissonance, that's a psychology word. I, I was a psychology major as well. So this stuff is really exciting to me. But when we are pushing ourselves to do something that doesn't feel right, that we don't really want to do, it's hard and it doesn't work. And it feels like an uphill battle. And if we turn it into play instead, we can really enjoy that process as opposed to just waiting until we're a perfect human, which will never exist, 
to finally enjoy ourselves. And so one thing that um, I do, and I've heard this from multiple different places, but one thing that I do is reframe fear as excitement. So whenever I get ready to do something brand new, which is always happening if, if you're in business at all, you're always stepping out into new markets or having new conversations or learning something new or doing something new in order to be able to improve yourself and improve the world around you. And you have to be courageous, but that doesn't mean that you don't have fear. And when I feel that that fear or that um, thing that wants to hold me back from being able to step step forward, I reframe that and say, okay, what am I excited about? And how am I excited about this? And that excitement then fuels me to do better instead of being held back by fear. So that's just a simple play with myself that I do that's reframing what I'm feeling in order to help me be successful. And yeah, I, I think that's great. And what I like to say as we kind of wrap up what this article is trying to say is one of the things I really appreciate and in the kind of the closing comments is that using your imagination and playing, playing pretend is a big factor that helps children learn, grow and evolve. And now that you have your, your, your new baby, you're going to, you're going to see this with her. And we always know this as adults, we watch kids, you know, play, uh, play, play a a dress up, you know, and they want to be an adult. And so they're actually experimenting, but it's important to know that we can still practice these things as adults, especially if we want to continue to grow and improve as a person. So I just want people to know that take the ideas in this article, try to think of ways you can apply it, apply them to your own life, be creative, develop your own ways of playing more with your mind and experimenting with irrational change. The truth is the only limit to yourself is improvement is your own imagination. And that gets back to the thing that I want to emphasize on this is you just got to think about why you're thinking a a certain way. And you'll start then thinking, why am I thinking this way? I know it's circular in in nature, but you have to think about why you're thinking a certain way. It's called metacognition. It's a huge word, but it's thinking about your thinking. Um, I'm going to share a thought from a book that I love and continue to study and read, and it's called The Science of Being, well, there's two books. There's The Science of Becoming Rich and The Science of Becoming Great, or The Science of Being Great and Being Rich, I think is the names. I'll put the actual titles in the podcast notes, but it's bought by Wallace Waddles, and he talks about habits, and we want to have a habit of greatness, not just something that we think on a on a small time frame when we're meditating or when we're consciously practicing affirmations. It's not just a small practice. It's something that we want to have as a habit in our whole way of life. And here's what he says. The use of prayer and affirmation is to change your habit of thought. Any act, mental or physical, becomes a habit. So when you do something differently, it's going to become a habit. That was my own words being added in. Here's back to the quote. The purpose of mental exercises is to repeat certain thoughts over and over until the thinking of those thoughts becomes constant and habitual. The thoughts we continually repeat become convictions. So if you want to change something, make small incremental changes, turn that into habits, which turn into convictions. So what do we want to do with this information? Bruce, I think you already recapped that really well. Find irrational, fun, imaginative, creative ways to make change in your life when you realize that there are better things that could be serving you. And just in closing, if you would like to find out 
how to do this in your financial life. If you would like to explore your financial picture and say, hey, how can I figure out how to keep more of the money that I'm making and increase my cash flow? Or I want to implement privatized banking, or I want to look at what does it mean to invest in alternative investments and make sure that I'm not just connecting my money to the stock market and hoping everything works out, but really being in a position of actively investing in cash flowing assets that are going to increase my income, come talk to us. We can We'll have a conversation link in the show notes, but you can book a call with us at The Money Advantage and we'd love to talk with you. In closing, remember, success leaves clues. So model the successful few, not the crowd, and build a life and business you love. Discover the secret of how to earn a return on the same money in two places at the same time so that you can strengthen your investment returns. We've created a free guide for you that explains the top three things every investor needs their privatized banking system to do. Go to themoneyadvantage.com slash banking, put in your name and primary email address, click the send my free guide button right now, and we'll see you on the inside. Thank you for listening to the Money Advantage podcast. Today's show notes and resources are available for you on themoneyadvantage.com. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. If you have any questions or desire to speak with a qualified financial professional after listening to today's podcast, we encourage you to reach out to us at hello at themoneyadvantage.com or check us out at themoneyadvantage.com. The opinions and views expressed here are for informational purposes only. This material is educational in nature and should not be deemed as a solicitation of any specific product or service. All investments involve risk and a potential loss of principal. Kalos Capital Incorporated nor Kalos Management Incorporated offer tax or legal advice. Please consult with a tax advisor or attorney for advice regarding the impact on your portfolio. Securities offered through Kalos Capital Incorporated Member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB, and Investment Advisory Services offered through Kalos Management Incorporated and Registered Investment Advisor, both located at 11525 Parkwood Circle, Alpharetta, Georgia. E3 Consultants Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Kalos Capital Incorporated or Kalos Management Incorporated.